Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by author and barrister Imran Mahmood. Hello, welcome, Imran. Thank you very much. How are you, Joe? It's lovely to see you. It's very lovely to see you, and I'm very well. All the better for seeing you. <laughs> uh, and I think, in fact, the last time I think I did see you virtually, you were going head to head with Robert Peston. And uh, I lost. And you lost. And I lost. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> Sorry, did the, um, the, the, the the journalist beat you there? At that? <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. The gift of the gab. Yeah. Uh, um, Yes, it was it was fun though. It was loads of fun, and I tell you what, I couldn't have lost to a nicer person in front of a nicer person. So ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, it's lovely to see you again virtually, and hopefully that will become in person later on in the year. But uh, congratulations on being longlisted. Um, the book is I know what I saw, and it tells the story of a former banker who's been living on the streets for thirty years. Perhaps you could just. Tell us about him and set up this story for us. Yeah, so uh, Zander Shoot is a, he's probably in his 40s. He's a middle-aged, middle-class uh, white man with a with loads of privilege. He's been educated at Oxford. He's you know, He's got everything that you'd expect uh, somebody from that class to have and to have access to all of the opportunities that he should have. But the book opens with him in a state of rapid decline. He's homeless and he's wandering the streets and um, he's been homeless for some time, we find out. But then um, just as he uh, is walking along, there's a, there's a kind of storm and he has to go and hide out and he takes shelter in a flat in Mayfair because that's where he happens to be. And whilst he's there, um, and he thinks it's empty when he kind of crashes in, um, the door opens, so he goes in, he dries off, and um, as he's there, the occupants return. And so he has to hide. And so far, so good. <laughs> but at that point, uh, he witnesses one of the occupants murdering the, uh, the other one. And so that's the, the kind of start of the story. Um, and then it all goes slightly strange and a bit kind of mysterious, because when he reports the case to the police, they don't believe him and... Partly that's because of how he's presenting. You know, he's presenting at somebody that they think has serious mental health problems. And mm. it's partly because when they ultimately, when they go and visit the um, scene of the crime, there is no body, there is no sign of a murder. And in fact, the place that he's described is nothing like uh, the place that the police find. So it's a kind of impossible crime. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it touches on how memory can 
fade and sort of change over time. And that's something that's, that always fascinates me. I've spoken to a couple of authors also on this long list recently who've ha had their own sort of play with memory in their stories. Um, and this is something that you probably experience in your other job as a barrister too, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know, all witnesses when they when they come and give evidence that they usually are trying their best to give the court their unvarnished and truthful account of what they see yeah. but what we find um, and the experience of the courts is that uh, witnesses almost never remember the same thing in an identical way and so what you often have is five different versions from five different witnesses all seeing the same thing and even in their summing up the judges will often say to juries um, that trauma, for example, will affect the way in which the um, brain lays down memory. And so with Zander, I had uh, a man who had been the subject of trauma, and so he has difficulty with some memories. And then what I really wanted to explore was this idea that we are really nothing more than our memories. And without a memory, we've, we have lost our personalities because there's, there's no frame of reference to remind ourselves of all of the experiences that we have that inform who we are. Mm. So I wanted to take a, a kind of deep dive into that to see um, what that was like. And then also, you know, I wondered about whether there were some memories that we deliberately ditch because they're uncomfortable as part of our own personas. So, so we misremember the things which are too hard for us to remember. So I wanted, that was something else that I wanted to deal with because yeah. I've always been fascinated by that. Subject. Yeah, and that definitely happens. I mean, I, I honestly, on a, on a, you know, large, large scale events and even small little things, I think we maybe don't even know that we've done it, that we've recreated it or brushed over certain parts. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it is fascinating, isn't it? And in and in really traumatic cases, obviously, there's repressed memories, suppressed memories, and then in some cases, there's false memories, and um, what they call refer to as false memory syndrome, where people mm. have, yeah, you know, because the brain is very good at kind of filling in for us where we don't remember, because you know it successfully does that in in lots of other areas yeah. of, our, of our lives, and it's useful, but but it sometimes produces <laughs> unexpected results. <laughs> Now, your debut novel, You Don't Know Me, was recently on the old telly box, wasn't it? Um, and yeah. it was pretty darn good. Was that, was that a really sort of big moment for you? Oh, it was huge. I yeah. mean, it was... <laughs> and, and I've learned since how huge a moment it was because I've spoken <laughs> to thousands uh, of people, authors, uh, and they've all, uh, very many of them have got to the stage where they have had their books option for TV, but... You know, getting it actually onto a screen screen is so kind of rare. And so, you know, I was really fortunate, A, that it was greenlit, B, that it made it to the screen, and C, that it was you know, directed and produced by people who were really good at their craft. Mm. And then it, D, it was acted by people, the actors who were supremely talented. So I was really lucky to have all of those things kind of coalesce and kind of come together at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's brilliant. I mean, and it was so good, I thought, as well. You know. oh, thank you. So I'm, I'm going to take credit for it. You take I all the credit. Nothing, have nothing to do with the with the four parter. Um, and it's coming on Netflix as well. So that's you know it's a kind of double whammy. And here's here's the thing: I've been invited to the Baptists. Whoa! Yeah, so I'll be there. My um, 
Dickie bow. In your dickie bow, in your yeah. penguin suit. Wow, that's very exciting. Yeah, really exciting. Check you out. I thought I, I thought nothing could top getting, you know, a chair on set, which I think you had, but now you've been invited to the Blooming Baftas. This is Yeah, I mean, I've heard that it's quite boring because you're you're, you're there for ten hours waiting for things to happen. But I, I tell you what, I'm not gonna be bored. I'm gonna be kind of looking at everything and watching people and soaking it all out. up. Yeah. Talking to everyone. To literally everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, um, exciting for that and exciting that it's going to be on Netflix. Um, but of course, we're not talking about that, really. We're talking about I Know What I Saw. Um, and how did it feel to hear that you'd been longlisted for this book? Oh, God, it was it was a first of all, it was a total shock. I was <laughs> totally surprised by, by that. And I, I genuinely wasn't expecting a nomination, but I feel immensely kind of thrilled and honoured and privileged to have had the uh, longlist nomination because, you know, I, I've, I've been able to have a look at the, the previous nominees and, yes. and the longlistees and, you know, they, you know, they're, they're very good at picking very, very good quality <laughs> books and, you know, to be put in that, in the current list, you know, which is especially, I think, uh, a very high ranking list mm. and the quality there is sublime and, I don't feel like I belong in that <laughs> that basket of <laughs> talent, but I, yeah, I am thrilled. I'm honoured, and you know, it's a real privilege. Yeah, um, well, it, and deserved as well. But yes, oh, you're right. What a great a great list all round um, of all those books. And what are you looking forward to most this year at Harrogate? If you are indeed going, hopefully you are. Oh, I'm looking forward to, to, to just to seeing everybody again. It's, the community there is so kind of warm and friendly, and um, it was the first place I, I went you know, back in 2017 when uh, my debut novel was published. It was the first place I really met authors for the first yeah. time. And I was very kind of trepidatious about it. I didn't know what it would be like. I didn't know how aloof or difficult or mm. whatever they might be. Um, because I'm a barrister. I've, <laughs> I've met a lot of barristers, <laughs> judges. <laughs> And so, so I was a little apprehensive, but you know, it's it's such a warm community, as 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 I'm sure you know. Um, the people there are all lovely. You couldn't meet a nicer bunch than the people who write about killing people for fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are genuinely gorgeous, all of them. And yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, brilliant! Well, I hope that we can um, enjoy. A pint of Theakston's outside the uh, the old Swan then together in some basking sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll take my non-alcoholic, but yeah, yeah. Certain, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you'll I'll take your Theakston's and you can <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> you can people enjoy. often people often like to make friends with me because they get the alcohol on the table. <laughs> oh, love! Oh, have you got one there? Man? Thank you very much. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> and remember, of course, that all our long-listed books are available to buy from Waterstone. And if you've already read Imran's book and you know that you want this one to be the winner, well, head over to HarrogateThixtonCrimeAward.com before the 26th of May, where you can cast your vote. Uh, always an absolute pleasure to see you, to talk to you, and very much looking forward to seeing you in person in July. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.